0: Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Power Rangers! Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 28 of the Jetman with a Golden Gun, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Chojin Sentai Jetman. Every week we watch an episode of the show, we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Happy St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) Happy St. Patrick's Day. Uh, Better than yesterday, I can tell you that for sure. Oh yeah? Because yesterday was parent-teacher conferences. I was at school for 13 hours. It was real lame. That sounds miserable. Yeah, it's the worst. Um, I mean, like, conferences are okay. Just literally being at school for 13 hours is pretty right, rough. Right, right. Uh, but we're here now, and that's over, and I'm about to watch some uh, Children Sentai Jetman. That is correct. So, Dave, you... Yeah, so my life has improved dramatically. You are about to watch a real gem of an episode. It is episode 28, in Original Dimensional Beast. But, before Aren't we get into that, Dave... They all... Shining in the heavens... <laughs> There are five stars. What is our first star of the week? Oh, man. Matt. I'm sure this has been the case for a while, but I just found out about it today when, on a whim, I, I genuinely cannot answer uh, the question why I thought of this. But I thought about River City Ransom. And I was like, man, that game is like 20-plus years old at this point. It's got to be on an emulator somewhere. So I looked it up online, which I guess is where I look things up now. Sure, uh, well, I, mean, I like say now like it hasn't been the, the case for a long City time. ransom in the encyclopedia, <laughs> right? So I look it up. It's not in an emulator because because uh, it's like five bucks on Wii U, whatever their like digital game downloading uh, the the Nintendo platform virtual thing. console. Yeah, uh, it's five bucks. It's downloading now, and I'm gonna play it when we're done with this. I am. I'm really, <laughs> really, really excited. I don't think I've ever been this excited for a game this old. Like I've been equally, I've been more excited for games, but like the excitement to to age ratio has never been this good. You know what I'm saying, dude? The um you should scroll through some stuff on that Nintendo Virtual Console. There are some gems on that thing. Man, Ah, oh, dude, I haven't played River City Ransom in so long. Like, I, you're right. First of all, you're right. I totally should do that. Uh, but man, River City Ransom is so... Okay, sorry. River City Ransom is a Nintendo game, uh, and it is like kind of one of the original action RPGs. Oh, it's... A, really? Well, it's more... It's a side-scroller beat-em-up, with uh like rpg elements yeah i mean like you're definitely beating dudes up bad guys you're beating up bad guys uh and you're taking their money and you're using their money to buy like kung fu training manuals but also you're using it to buy uh like food that heals you but also levels up stats i guess um it's awesome, and you just like you just run around, and you learn now uh, what is it? Dragon punch, which makes you just punch super fast, and no stone yeah, fist. It's it's dragon kick. Yeah, dragon kick, stone fist, uh, acro circus, which makes you like hurt dudes by jumping into them. Uh, then there's javelin man, the superpower where you can pick up the unconscious bodies of the <laughs> thugs and throw them at each That's other. Right. You, yeah, and each other. You can pick up each other and use each other as a weapon, I think. And then uh, Grand Slam, which is when you pick up a weapon, you like you swing the weapon super fast. Uh, what is our second star of the week, man? Dave, our second star of the week is, uh, as previously mentioned, uh, we are the recording on St. Patrick's Day. Yes. Happy St. Uh, Patrick's Day. These are Day our big St. Patrick's Day plans this year. Um, <laughs> I hope you all appreciate this. Uh, so <laughs> I'm 33, man. Uh, So today at work, because I work at the sort of place that does this kind of thing, there was like a big St. Patrick's Day lunch, and like they set up a bunch of tables and they ordered a bunch of like corned beef and etc. And you know, okay. everybody got no, lunch that's and so very forth. Cool. It was Nice. Yeah, that's really nice of them. They decorated. No beer, though. I assume. What's up? Like no beer or anything. Oh no, no, no. I it's assume. not that kind of place. It is a sandwich okay. place, not a beer place. Well, I don't know, man. It could It's St. Patrick's Day. Maybe they made an exception. I have no idea. I don't know where you work. I mean, I do, but I don't know what kind of office it is. Anyway, so here what here's the thing that I did not expect to be a part of my St. Patrick's Day lunch experience is that the guy who <laughs> planned the event also like hired two Irish dancers to come in and like do some dancing. Yeah. Okay. Which, listen, they were very good. They were, I don't know, <laughs> teens, probably. <laughs> just like. But just like out of the blue. Like this was not. Like maybe he had written it down somewhere and I had not like gone into the like St. <laughs> Patrick's Day lunch itinerary, but I was very surprised when all of a sudden, uh, there were like two dancing like people putting on a show. And here is what I have determined about that kind of situation is that there is the the expectation of an event that you bring to it. Uh, like okay. The expectation of like what sort of entertainment there's going to be. And then there's the expectation that the uh, entertainer brings to it. Right? Okay. Like, All right. I did not All right. realize there was going to be anything. And then when I saw two people, I thought they were just going to sort of like, you know, get on a stage and do a thing. Okay. But they... Then that's not what they did? No, no, no. I mean, they thought that, like, this was a catered event for them to dance. Like, that is how they were acting. This was not an office lunch where they were the entertainment. This was a dance event, and they were going to put (laughs) on their show. And I feel like whatever those two sets of expectations are, whatever the gulf in between them is that is the size like that is the scope of how un- like socially uncomfortable the entire situation is <laughs> because like Man. they're going into like long explanations they had microphones and like they were really getting like into about the it. dances. They were telling us about like their history with dance and like how proud of each other they are and like what tournaments they're going to go to next, which is great, you know, good for them. No, yeah, no, wonderful, good but for that them, was right? Not what I thought my lunch was going to be, <laughs> and what's was doubly bad is like you know it's Irish step dancing, right? And I like Irish step yeah. dancing. No, it's really but cool. But the problem with Irish step dancing, Dave, is that depending on, like, the layout of the seating arrangements, if you're not in the front row of watching people do Irish step dancing, if they're not, like, on a stage or if you're not on, like, risers or something... Uh, you have no idea what is happening because all of the action is going on like below the waist, and I could not just see, see them. So basically, I sat there at lunch eating my sandwiches, listening to people get very serious about their dance careers, and then from my perspective, standing still for five minutes at a time and occasionally like kicking up as high as their heads, and that was my lunch. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, dude, uh, the school, we didn't do anything for St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) Uh, Like, a couple people wore green, but it's so, like, not on the radar for my high school that it was just, like, just nobody did anything. It was, and actually, it was Senior Skip Day. Which seniors continue to insist is, like, a real thing? I do not know why seniors think that, like, if they just insist that they get a day off, they're not supposed to get in trouble for it. (laughs) Right! So, like, I had some kids in class, and they were like, oh, we're not going to be here tomorrow. And I was like, why not? And they were like, it's senior skip day. And I said, oh, well, then I'm marking you absent and, like, deducting points for the day. And they're like but it's senior skip day. And I'm like, that's not a thing. Right, like you that's just you deciding you not to come off. to school. <laughs> right. Like, that's not how this works. Uh, and they're continually amazed that that's like every year that they're amazed that it's not like somehow sanctioned. Uh, I remember when but we were in high isn't... school, like when people tried to do senior skip day, it was always on St. Patrick's Day. And they were like, oh, yes, we are going to skip school, and we are going to go downtown and watch the parade. And my dudes, like, that is not worth your trip. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's super not. Especially if, if you're in high school. Yeah, I don't know if your city has, like, a really great St. Patrick's Day parade. Cleveland has a very well-attended St. Patrick's Day parade. But it's nothing. It's like cars driving down a street with local politicians sitting in the back and sort of waving to you. And then you have, like... Children dancing and a couple of pipe bands, and maybe a float. And that is your entire situation. And you get to stand like outside. Like, I for love Cleveland. Four hours? You would think, yeah, you would think that we would have a better parade because Cleveland is lousy with the Irish. Like, they're everywhere. Oh, yeah. The, Irish, the Cleveland Irish Cultural Festival is great. Oh, yeah. That thing's awesome. I go to that thing every year. Um, I actually was just, so like, uh, the primaries were earlier this week, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, looking down the ballot, and all the judges, it's just, like, O'Shaughnessy, McLaughlin, like, you know, like, Patty O'Reilly. Like, it's just, like, Irish, Irish, Irish. And then occasionally, like, an Italian guy in there. Uh, and I just got a kick out of it. Because, all like, if you know anything about Cleveland that's super hilarious, because, like, all our judges are Irish uh, <laughs> or Italian. So, um, yeah. So, happy St. Patrick's Day. It sounds like a real, uh, unique lunch, Yeah, it man. was, uh, hey man, the sandwiches were good. I love a corned beef sandwich. Uh, anyway, Dave, what is our third star of the week? Oh, okay, so a third star of the week, Matt, I didn't want to talk about it last week, because the movie had just coming out, had just coming out? Yeah, those are the uh, words you there. That's not, it's some old English for you there, I guess, um... But this movie had just come out last week, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane*. So let's talk about it this week because it's super, super good. Um, okay, so uh, this movie was really excellent, man, on a couple of levels. I should ask real quickly: you're not like planning on seeing this movie, are you? No, no, no. I did. I am not planning uh, on seeing this movie. I okay. I just I never saw the original Cloverfield, so you know, I feel like I don't want to watch the sequel. This is this is the sequel to Cloverfield, right? The big monster gets back up. It is, no, 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 no. It is billing itself as a, like, spiritual successor, but it is not a direct sequel. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay, so the movie starts, and it's like, it's this girl, and she uh, she leaves her husband or boyfriend or something, and she's driving along, and then she gets in a car accident, and then when she wakes up, she is in, like, an underground fallout bunker. Okay? All right. And uh, the dude who owns the bunker is John Goodman. I love that guy. Who is fantastic. I love John Goodman. He's fantastic in this movie. Uh, and basically, it's him, it's John Goodman, whose name is like Walter, and then uh, another Wait, dude, John Goodman is in this movie, it- his name is Walter? Yeah. Okay. I feel like, Why is I that? feel like is- that's taken. Is that a John thing? John Goodman was named Walter in The Big Lebowski, Dave. Oh, he was. Okay. Maybe he's not actually named Walter you, in this movie, dude, but let's just, just call watch him Walter. The Big Lebowski? <laughs> I, I may have, Matt. No, I don't think, honestly, I don't know if I'm doing it justice because it's so uh, well crafted. Like the pacing of this movie is fantastic because just when you think you've got it basically figured out, they kind of throw in the next little element. And you're like, oh, oh, dang, I thought I had this figured out. I totally did not have it figured out. And then they're like, no, you did have it figured out. You just didn't think you did because we tricked you. And uh, I mentioned it before, but I really love being tricked by movies and television shows. Um, And so, man, the movie was fantastic. I know I've just talked all about it and basically given away the ending. Yeah, so I but, guess uh, uh, spoilers for 10 Cloverfield Lane. <laughs> spoilers! You should soak I mean, it's still... A really really excellent movie it's very very well acted everybody involved is uh, really well done and also i think this is the the coolest part this movie has a cast of th- three people no sorry four and like the fourth person is in the movie for like literally 30 seconds um so basically this movie has a cast of three people and uh, you basically don't notice If that makes sense, like it's ever like, oh wow, it's just these three people. Like the interactions are like super intense, and uh, the characters are really well developed.
1: That sounds uh, very cool. It's
0: just, yeah, it's a really, really excellent movie. I would. um, I wasn't gonna see it because I thought it was like a horror movie, and then they're like, no, 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 it's a suspense movie, and I was like, well, I don't like horror, but I like suspense, so yeah. So, um, comes highly recommended, man. Ten Cloverfield Lane, really well done movie. Right on. Yeah. So, what is our uh, fourth? Star of the week, Matt. Dave, our fourth star of the week is something that has been going on for a very long time, but I have only just been made aware of it. Uh Dave, okay. our fourth star of the week is the name of the year bracket. Okay. Well, okay. Now the name is this like the a name of the year bracket. Um it is it is exactly what it sounds like. It is a bunch of names, real human names. Okay, um, they have to they have to be a real person's name they have to never have been entered into the tournament before and then okay. throughout the course of this thing people vote on which one is the greatest name of the year and dave i've got the i've got the bracket open here let me just give you a couple of choice selections okay wait hold up hold up real quick just cuz i'm curious first of all this sounds amazing second of all can you have changed your name like or does this just have to be like the name that your crazy parents gave you i don't know I feel like there should maybe be two brackets, but hit me with these selections, man. Okay. Uh, Like I said, I got the bracket open here. Let me just give you... We got uh, True Sweetster. True Sweetster. Duffy McSwiggan. (laughs) Broderius Ham. Uh, Whoa, dude. Uh, Here's a personal favorite. Jerusalem Monday. That sounds like a private detective. It does. Furious Carney. Okay, awesome. Some of these sound like titles, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> a previous winner, I think, years ago was called uh, Excellent Raymond. <laughs> um. Let's see. So wait, Matt, Dr. real quick. Kim Nazi. What is Sing the... What's... Swing. <laughs> uh, some of these I do not know how to pronounce. Um, and some of these are not great for a show that kids might be listening to. <laughs> um, but let me get just a few more here. We got Taco Pope. Taco Pope. We got Pope McCorkle the third. Pope McCorkle? Yes, the third. The third. Uh, We got Dr. Shark Bird. Dr. Shark Bird. We've got Cinderella Wavera. Okay. Um, uh, Billy Joe Skeleton. (laughs) Anyway, yes. What is just called a mighty fine... Matt, so wait, is this a—is uh, this uh, open to the public? Can we just vote on this? Yeah, I think if you go to nameoftheyear.com, like, you get to vote on the names in the bracket. Okay, Matt, uh, I feel like we, first of all, so everybody go to nameoftheyear.com and vote for your favorite name. Second of all, I feel like we are going to have to do a running, uh, keep, we got to keep tabs on this one. I need to know the winner of this competition. Yeah, dude, we, we need to know if JoJo Victory beats Taco Pope, or if Dr. Sharkbird beats Rusty Justice. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I crave that information. Uh, okay, so nameoftheyear.com, everybody can go vote, we will update you guys uh, as events warrant. Assuming that we remember to do so. Assuming which, we remember listen, to do so. I, I think you got a 60% chance that we will remember this. Week yeah, 30. no, I think 60% is totally fair, that sounds about accurate. Okay, so, Dave, what is our fifth and final star of the week? Oh, okay. So, uh, update, man. My house is finally, theoretically, going to get knocked down. Whoa, 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 whoa. Your old house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. To be clear, not the house I currently live in. So, I sold my old house to the library, uh, and I used that money to pay some debts and buy this new house, which I'm real jazzed about. Um, And so, the people who sold that we sold our house to, the library... Like, they didn't understand how business worked at all. Because at first they offered us like a real pittance for the house. We were like, no. And they were like, are you sure? It's for the library. And we were like, no thanks. But we did eventually sell their house. And they're very nice people. Uh, And so they went to actually start the construction of their new stuff, which would involve, of course, knocking down the house that they bought from me and my old neighbors. Right? Right. And so when they started to do this, uh, the neighborhood in which I used to live is basically like 90% like crotchety old people. All right. And uh, Dave, are you going to suggest that these crotchety old neighbor folk uh, were not super into the idea of a bunch of houses getting bulldozed? They were not. Uh, But like they waited until Everything was done. Like, there was a levy that, like, everyone campaigned for, and it passed. And then there was, like, all of this stuff. Like, we'd like to do all these things. And, like, like, they did, like, community surveys and, like, blah, 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 blah. They, like, went to all the town hall meetings. And it was only when uh, they actually started to move on doing anything and, like, signs started to go up, like, hey, this is about to happen. Then people decided that was the moment to get up in arms. Right, hey, now was the time to strike. <laughs> right. And the best part about it is that the complaints that they levied uh, were so hilariously, like, crotchety old person. Uh, it was all. It was like a movie script. Okay, so like what sort of stuff were they saying? <laughs> okay, so here's the first problem. Uh, they were like, some one person said, they're like, why do we even have libraries anymore? Don't they know that it's all digital nowadays? Yeah, well, you know, everything's so different nowadays with the internet. Yeah, it's all internet now. Everything's digitized. So why do we even have libraries? Uh... <laughs> They so were that complaining was not even just advocating that they not put in a larger parking lot. They were advocating the, about the abolition of libraries as a like community feature. Yeah. Uh <laughs> one of the things was going to be like a teenager uh like a teen space so that teenagers have some place positive to go and they were just like why do we even this is amazing they're like why do we even need a teenage space they're all just hoodlums who walk around the streets anyways why would they need a place to go they clearly have no place to go <laughs> right uh let's see they complained about the parking lot Because uh, the current parking lot is almost never full. So why does there need to be parking? Uh, Everyone could just walk anyways. Sure, all the people who live on that street where the library already is can just walk. And no one lives on that street anymore. They knocked all the houses down. (laughs) Uh, On one side. Uh, Let's see. Those are basically all the ones I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, Just like the level of vehemence against like... A library of all things. Right. It's not like they were tearing down houses to like put in. I don't know. What are things that people don't like? Sweatshops. Sweatshops are bad. Right. No one's, they, yeah, they're not putting in like another McDonald's. Like, they're expanding the community library. I guess, I guess McDonald's would have been a, an easier go to than sweatshop in the middle of like a, like near Cleveland suburb. Yeah. Oh, that's, a, yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Dang, I wish there was a McDonald's going in there, man. I could have made buku bucks off McDonald's. Uh, anyways. So, yeah, uh, hilarious, cranky old people were hilarious and old. Um, and but cranky. they've, They've quieted down cranky. They've quieted down now, and they have acquiesced to the community library expansion. How how noble of them. So yeah, so they're gonna knock my own house down. I might go see it again before they do that. But I might not. Who knows? I don't know. You've looked at that house a lot. I've looked at it a bunch from basically every angle. Okay, so Dave, we are going to take a break. We are going to watch episode 28, An Original Dimensional Beast. And we'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode 28, in Original dimension Beast. Dave, what did you think of this one? <laughs> Dude, uh, that was a good episode, man. It was not, not what I expected. No, no, this one. This really is a surprising one. Yeah, this one kind of came out of left field. Uh, you know, rather than do a, uh, a recap on this one, let's just let's just start it off, man. Let this let it rip. Okay, so we start off and we start off on our original dimension beast walking down the street at night, blowing up cars. Yeah. Now, when he says original dimension beast, what he means is like an original gangster. Uh, he's not, it's not that he isn't a copy of someone, he is, like, a dimension beast from way back, by which we mean not a biodimensional dimensional beast. He's just a straight-up, uh, hair dryer yes, monster. Yes, he is dryer dimension, and he is, like, a, a handheld blow dryer. And one of his arms is a giant hairbrush. And I think, is the other arm, yep. like, a giant pair of scissors? I think it's supposed to be, like, reminiscent of Scissors. It's just, like, a big claw-y thing, kind of. Uh, so he blows it up, and then he starts shooting fireworks out of his blow-dryer head, just into the sky. And we go over to Sky Camp, and we see the chief, who is watching this on a screen, but then, like, a bunch of numbers pop up, and I not I really thought... That by uh, that Dry Dimension did not actually exist, and that the chief had just made a Jetman video game. He's just game. doing, like, some sort of Jetman training video stuff. Right. Uh, but it turns out that is not the case. Dry Dimension is totally real. Is the fireworks that he has shot into the air have resolved themselves into, like, glowing letters in the sky saying, Jetman, like, come meet me at this location. So they pull, uh, she calls the Jetman in, and they're like, wow, this guy must be super powerful if he's issuing a challenge. Like, normally the dimensional beasts, you know, like, they run around and they do their thing, but they don't usually have the stones to straight up, like, call us out. Right, and so we cut to the next morning, uh, and they are about to go fight this dude at the location, which turns out to be a baseball field. But first, we go outside of the baseball field, and Dryer Dimension is there, and he is giving a rousing speech to a bunch of Grinom soldiers that he's gotten to come help him. And what he is saying is, like, listen. Like, they won't... Give me a shot, because I am not a bio-dimensional beast. I'm just an original dimensional beast, and they don't think I can hack it. And I'm sure that you guys have also been similarly disrespected, because you're just the Grinom soldiers. And no matter how much, like, work you put into this business, like, you're never going to get promoted. Yeah, which is, I thought for sure that the Grinom soldiers were robots. Like, haven't we seen that? I think maybe, I mean, they definitely explode. Like, they definitely explode, and I'm pretty sure we've seen, like, wires and stuff in them. Well, yeah, but I mean, Gray's a robot. But, which is like, okay, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, so we go from here real quickly. We have a little flashback to the Viram Dimension, where Tran is talking to Dryer Dimension. It's like a little flashback. And Dryer, Di- <laughs> and Dryer Dimension is having, like, a, like, put me in, coach, like, I can do it moment and Tran is just like, no dude. You just like everybody would laugh at me. This is the era of the biodimensional beast. Yeah, like sorry dude. Like you missed your window. Like I cannot possibly They are (laughs) they are Steam Hammers. You are John Henry. Like uh it's it. It's too late now. I would I can't do it. Can't do it. Sorry, bud. And (laughs) what's even better is that Tran does seem to be, at least on some level, like Genuinely apologetic. Yeah, like, he feels kind of bad for the dude. Because, like, you know, he did... I mean, he must have brought him into existence. For the sole purpose of fighting the Jetman. Like, that's all the Dimensional Beasts right. do. So what must have happened is that, like... Because they don't get these, bio, these like, original Dimensional Beasts and sit at them for a long time. So remember a couple of episodes ago when... Like, uh, Maria was creating the biodimensional bugs and, like, shoving animal spirits into a big ball. Like, what right. must have been happening is that just off-screen, Tran is, like, bringing <laughs> life to the drier dimension. And then he's like, oh, this is great. I'm gonna go tell the guys. And he walks in and sees the biodimensional beast. it's just like, oh. <laughs> oh, crap. He <laughs> just kind of kicks right. the dirt. I, have, I have ah, totally shucks. wasted my entire morning. <laughs> Now he's okay. just got this guy so, hanging around. Uh, yeah, so he can't do anything with him. And so uh, the Grenum soldiers then, like we see the Grenum soldiers back in the baseball field and they all cheer. Like they're in uh they're in with Dry Dimension. They agree that they do not get appreciated enough, I guess. So they are they are gonna go fight. Now we cut back to like right now in the Viram Dimension, and they're like the Vyrum commanders are watching this happen. And they sort of turn to Tran. They're like Tran, like, what is the deal with this what dude? Is, uh... Like, why do you have this original dimensional beast? It's like, oh, I mean, he's really powerful. Like, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> he off. He's like, but you can. T- he's just kind of trying to like put them right. off. And I think it's Maria. Uh, so like, like well, he does powerful. Why didn't you use him before? And he's like, well... And Tran just um, doesn't answer. No, he doesn't answer. He doesn't say anything. Yeah, he just sort of, like, trails off and kind of stammers until the, like, (laughs) camera cuts away. (laughs) Right. I think it's just the idea is that he doesn't want to admit that this dude got away from him. And so now he has to claim him because there's only four viral commanders. And they all know that it's not theirs, so clearly it's Tran's. (laughs) So now he just has to kind of ride it out. And just, like, hope for the best. Okay. Right. So <laughs> the Jetman arrive at this baseball field and they're like looking around because they don't see anyone. And Dryer Dimension appears. And they're like, So, so wait, you're just an original dimensional beast? And he's like, Yeah. I'm like, aren't you a bio you. dimensional be so beast? Good. And is like, Dude, you suck. Like, you are not nearly strong enough to beat us. Like, why are you bragging the way that you are? Yeah, and he's like, No, I'm gonna take you guys out. They're like, dude, uh, you're not even a biodimensional beast. I'm real sorry, man, but like you just have no chance. So the grinnum soldiers show up and they're all in baseball uniforms which which for beautiful. reasons I don't totally comprehend. Uh and Akko literally says, like, Oh, they're grinnam baseball soldiers, like, how cute and then, things go very south very quickly for the Jetman. Because as it turns out, like, if you give a bunch of grinnom soldiers a rousing speech and actually, like, train them to work together as a unit, like, they're, as it turns out, they are not, like, completely useless. Yeah, because Dry Dimension starts shouting out commands. He's like, Formation Z or whatever. And they're, like, doing stuff and pulling off moves. And at first the Jetmen are pretty unimpressed. Like they're taking out the first couple. But then the Grinnum soldiers absolutely get the upper hand. Um they're getting really weird. Uh they take a moment to like creep on Ako. Oh did they? I must have looked away to take my notes for a moment there. Yeah, no, they totally do. Like you know how lady la- lady sentai heroes have like s- skirts in their like s- transformed versions, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, they absolutely like flip up Akko's skirt thing and are like peeping on her bum. Way too, uh. Which I've, way to be, way to be yeah, the Yeah, uh, listen, man. Guys. I have just come to accept that this is just a thing. Like, this is just a thing in Super Sentai, and for some reason, it's like 100% fine uh, in their world. But, anyways. So, uh, yeah, the Grinnum Soldiers. Like defeat the jetman with the power of like baseball themed attacks, yeah, There's a lot of like swinging uh, bats around and then like pitching balls at each like one group of the Griham soldiers are acting as pitchers, throwing to a group of Griham soldiers that are acting as batters. and then the batters like all hit the balls towards the jetman. and this is devastating. And I- yeah, I think the balls explode. Probably. I'm not totally sure about that. Uh, so the Jetman, like, then Grinna... i oh, sorry. Then Drive Dimension sort of enters the fight in earnest. He blows the Jetman around, which at first doesn't work, because, of course, like, they're birds and they can fly. Uh, but then he turns on Heat Dryer, which is just a flamethrower. Yeah, and, like... the And that yeah, is and working. Like they are sort of being subdued. They can't really move around. They're sort of trapped in this flame. And then... A cry comes from off-screen. Granny, just an old lady, like, wanders in from off-screen, and her grocery cart is rolling away, and she's kind of freaking out. We will find out in a moment that it's a grocery cart, but it looks for all the world like it's a baby carriage that she has, like, put groceries into. And she's running after it as though it is, like, a baby in a stroller that is about to, like, fall down a bunch of steps. And so the jet men are going to, they're trying to get over to help her. And dryer dimension turns around and is like, oh no, that old lady's groceries. And dryer dimension runs over to help. He catches the groceries before they fall down the stairs, which is very nice because granny was super worried about her eggs. Which again, I and he carries. She was concerned about the eggs, but I am convinced. Like I am convinced that not only is this what uh, Dry Dimension thought, but what we were meant to see is that like everyone involved, except for Granny, thinks that there is a child in that stroller. That's probably the case. Because again, uh, this is not a grocery cart. This is like a baby stroller that she is, for whatever yeah. reason, using to bring her groceries home. She doesn't have any babies anymore. She's a granny, so now she has a grocery cart. So he saves her groceries and actually carry because it went down the first couple of stairs, and then carries them back up to the top of the stairs for her. Granny, by the way, not weirded out at all by dryer dimension. Yeah, and I don't know if the implication is meant to be that like she is like her eyesight is so bad that she can't tell that it's a monster. But in any case, she's just like, oh, you nice man, like. Thank you so much for helping me. And he says, oh, no, no. Don't don't think of it. Anyone would have done the same. <laughs> right. I was only doing what anybody would do. And then she just leaves. Like, she's walking away. And then Dryer Dimension, like, remembers that he's a dimensional beast. He's like, wait, no. I am Dryer Dimension. Like, I will kill you. And she just, like, waves at him. And he says, aren't you scared? And she says, you're such a nice man. And then she just leaves, and Dryer Dimension just kind of turns and around. And he has this he wonderful says, moment where, like, she walks away. And he's like, oh, oh, I forgot. I was about to beat the Jetman. And he turns around. And without the leadership of Dryer Dimension, the Grinham soldiers have gone down. Right. Like so Jet Jetman man, like, got uh, around in a pile of defeated Grinham soldiers. <laughs> right. So, having defeated the Grinom Soldiers, the Jetmen just kind of leave, and then we cut away from there to the, a field outside the baseball field where <laughs> they're just doing, like, like post-game wrap-up. This is, like, the locker room moment where they're ruminating on their yeah, defeat. like, the Grinom Soldiers and just all of, the all of soldiers bats and, like, catching masks and stuff into a pile, and are, like, pouting and kicking the dirt around. Yeah, so I guess whatever I thought they were much more again mechanical than I guess they seem to be because they are apparently like pretty, uh, pretty like emotionally invested in what's happening here, and they're very annoyed with Dryer uh, Dimension because like they did everything they were supposed to, and then Dryer Dimension just like completely screwed it up by being a nice dude when they would have won, like they totally had this one in the bag, Uh, and Dryer Dimension blames the old lady, lady which hardly seems fair. As though it was part of like a devious plan. <laughs> As though she has powers and managed to like overwhelm him with force uh, rather than him saving her groceries. And he says, okay. okay, this is fine. We'll just move on to plan two because he has backup plans. So we go back to Sky Camp and the chief gets another flashy message that says point seven. No, no, no. She just sees it. That's right. She sees that uh, Dry Dimension has appeared at point seven oh two. She says, "Jetmen, get over there immediately!" So they go over, and it's a, it's an old factory, of course. And so the Jetmen arrive. Dry Dimension comes out. He's got the Grimnem soldiers, and he yells, "Grimnem soldiers, like formation V!" And formation V is just <laughs> the Grimnem soldiers. Like they run and jump, and then they just like hug the Jetmen. Yeah, just like jump on and kind of like a dead weight, like grapple to them. And then. Right. They transform into like vines that are. I'm pretty. It's just tree branches. Yeah. I... It's tree branches that are wrapped around the Jetmen's arms. This somehow also stops them from running. But whatever. If an evil interdimensional, like, maybe alive robot turns into a tree branch and wraps you up, I bet you would probably be so confused for a moment that you wouldn't remember to run. I'm going to be honest. I just watched it on TV, and I think I'm confused enough that I would probably forget to run. Uh, okay, so they turn into branches, the great-up soldiers, not the Jetmen, and dryer dimension is about to turn on yeah, no he, he does the flame he uses heat dryer again and so he is just flamethrowering flamethrowing he's throwing flame at the jetmen, uh who are powerless Their to stop him. feel like they're about to melt there is like you can see on the back wall behind them like these scorched like reverse silhouettes because it's burning up the like the area around the jetmen. the jet men are about to die right now game over like Dryer Dimension. No more jet wins. Men. Except, <laughs> Except that his plans are foiled by the most adorable puppy. Yeah. A puppy just rolls up and it just starts nosing around Dryer Dimension, who is apparently ticklish. And the Gritham soldiers see the puppy and they're like, oh, oh man, we feel bad for the puppy too. And the jetmen just like look over and they're like is this is this honestly happening? Like, they also can't believe that this is what's real. What's amazing is that, like, eventually this puppy, like, licks and, like, noses around his feet so much that he laughs so hard and is so sort of, like, delighted by this puppy that he, like, ends up lying on his back with the puppy sitting on top of him. Like, licking at his face. Just, like, licking his monster owls. face? Right! And then that's it. The jetman, I guess, just but leave. That, like it's it's they're great like, because like the the Gritim soldiers kind of look at him, and he says, "Oh, I can't, I can't get up because of this dog." Like you guys go fight the jetman, and they're like, "No," and and they just sort of like shake their heads and walk away, leaving him lying right, they down, down, down with down dog. Uh, right. and at some point during and this, Cowrie so- says to him like. Are you, like, are you a nice person? Like, what is going on here? Like, are you... Oh, right, she's like, are you just kind of a good dude? I'm not... I'm very confused. So we and leave we cut... there... This is commercial and... <laughs> break right now. So we, when we come back <laughs> from right. commercial... We see a shot, and it's up on top of a building, kind of looking out over the sunset. City. Sunset. Dry Dimension walks onto camera... And we only see him from behind at first, and he's wearing a, a big cape. big black cape. Yup. And he says, like, now the Jetman will see my true power. And he turns into a giant. Just he kind of, he explodes the building he's on, and he goes giant. And he starts to rampage yeah. Jenicharis is already there, though. Uh, and so, like, Jet Icarus starts to fight Dryer Dimension. Dryer Dimension is just kind of hucking Jet Icarus around. I was like, How is Dryer Dimension possibly the this Dryer Dimension strong? Is very strong. And that it was great. In great. fact, he is so because strong. Because the Jetmen, like, the Jetmen, Ruta arrives, they form the Great Scramble. It's great Icarus. Even great Icarus cannot beat Dryer Dimension. In fact, Dryer Dimension so thoroughly defeats Great Icarus that he stands above its broken robot form and shouts, Justice can't win. So we go from there to uh, the Vyrum Dimension, where Tran is walking up to Dryer Dimension with a glass of wine, and Maria is sort of like fawning at his hand and uh Dreyer Dimension is now the supreme commander of yeah, the like virus. He He's defeated on the Jetman. The and I think Radisses and Grey are like massaging his feet. Yes. Uh and then Dryer Dimension wakes up. He wakes up. up and like falls off of a building into a pile of boxes. Yeah, he fell asleep at the factory, presumably because he got so tuckered out from playing with this puppy. Yes. Dryer Dimension rules. <laughs> so, we go to the park, and the Jet man are kind of, like, driving around. They've got, like, the Jet Striker and the motorcycle and the, and the Jeep and everything. And they're just looking for Dryer Dimension. I, I'm not sure what's going on, because obviously they were there before when he was incapacitated by the puppy and could have taken care of it then. Well, I guess maybe they had to like recover because he had he had done like a pretty good number right. on him. Plus, you can't like you can't so, pull out Jet Striker. There's a puppy sitting on right on top of him. Good point. Good point. And so Cowrie says again, she's like, maybe we shouldn't be fighting Dryer Dimension. Maybe he's just he's a really nice dude. Yeah, and the rest of the Jetmen are like, yeah, I've kind of been thinking the same. Like he's definitely not a regular dimensional beast. Yeah, they're very confused. So they do hear, however, they hear some screaming off in the distance, and they run over, and uh, Dryer Dimension is down, like, underneath a bridge by, like, a river, and he's got these two schoolgirls, and he's threatening them. He's like, I'm going to kill them. I will sh- I'm will. a Vira monster. I'll, I'll, I'll show, show you how you. bad of a dude I am. I'm, I'm such a villain. You'll believe me, I promise. <laughs> right. And they're like, listen, um... We actually think you're a pretty nice guy. This doesn't actually seem yeah, like guy you. starts off being guy like. Guy actually says. Ah, nah. Like, I think you're forcing it. <laughs> right. He's like, you don't seem like your heart's really in this. And so via a dryer dimension is so, he's like so upset. He's like, no, I'll show you. And he turns and he throws the girls into the water. And they're, like, splashing around, and they look like they're drowning. And then he says, heat dryer, and he starts, like, flame, he starts blasting them with fire. And Now, at this point, the gentlemen get a little worried, <laughs> but then you hear the two girls, like, oh, oh, hey, this, this water is not actually that deep. And they just kind of stand up, and then they look at each other, and like, oh, I really like your hair like this. Because he wasn't attacking them with a flamethrower, he's a hair dryer. And he's like, "Oh, when I see people with wet hair, I just have to step in." He's like, "I can't help it. I need to dry wet hair." And they were both like, they're and both standing there, like equally admiring each other's like luxurious, shiny hair. And they turn to him, and they're just like, "You did a great job. This is really nicely done." And he's like, "No, I'm a dimensional beast." And then he like menaces them, and they start to like, run there away. There is a brief moment and in th- there where he's like, "Hey, do you think I did a good job?" Before he kind of catches himself. <laughs> I forgot about that. And so the jetmen like, just drop a ladder down so they can climb up, and Dariah Dimension is about to attack them again, and they're just like, listen, dude, um, you clearly do not want to be a Dimensional yeah, like, why don't you just... Or, like, you don't want like, to be a villain. You just... Like, you clearly are a nice person, like... There's nothing that says you have to be a villain just because you're a dimensional beast. Like, just be a nice dude. Here, climb up the ladder. Like, we can chill. And Ryu says, he's like, listen, we're not just fighting to defeat Diviram. We're fighting for, like, world peace. And if you want to be cool, you can just be cool. And so he's like, "I, I... Okay, I guess maybe I can do that. It's like the Vyram never did anything for me. They actually kind of treated me really poorly. So, so yeah, I'm going to be a good guy now. Then, of course, they're but attacked. They are attacked by Tran, who I imagine has just been sitting in the Vyram dimension stewing this entire time. Yeah. So Tran appears. He's got some Grinom soldiers. And he says, Why don't we attach a bio bug to you? And he's like, got the bug with him. Which... What would happen if you attached a biodimensional dimensional bug to a dimensional beast? I don't know, because he never gets the chance. So what happens is, he's threatening to do this, and the Jetmen stand in their way like, no, like, cross-change, right now, we need to defend Dryer Dimension, because he's our new bro. And so they go and start fighting the Grinnum Soldiers, and Tran says, like, hey, uh, Grinom Soldiers, like... The one of you that can murder the jetmen for me, I will trans I will t- put this bug on you, and you can be a biodimensional beast, and that will be great, right? Which how does that even work? I don't know, but whatever it is, like whatever they think the solution to that is gonna be, like the Grenam soldiers want it bad. I am very confused about that whole thing. Dude, it, uh, it is episode 28, late. and we are still unclear as to what the dimensional and biodimensional dimensional beasts are. Dude, listen, I know, I recognize, we haven't said it in a while, but this is a show for babies. Like, I know that. And I understand that, like, the level of complexity that we are ascribing to this, like, kids probably would not think about, but it just... <laughs> it's just, it's like writers... Mom and dad might be watching this show with their kids. Help yeah. us out. I mean, listen, Help they, us. do they have to reinvent an entirely new, like, monster mythology every year? Yes. So, I, I understand some things are not always going to, like, totally work, but this one in particular, I'm just not sure what would happen. Okay. Uh, So, the Jetmen are trying to save Dryer Dimension. Uh... Drier dimension. At first, he's just kind of hiding in the bushes, and then he has like a moment, and he realizes that in fact the Viram are his enemies, and that the Jetmen are his friends, and so he kind of jumps up out of the bushes, and he has turned good now. Tran has sort of finally betrayed him, and he starts going to town on the right, Grinnim soldiers. This total face turn. Right. He uh, is fighting, fighting. Tran sees—is it Kari or think Ako it's Okay, I thought, yeah. So he sees Kauri alone, and he shoots like an energy blast at Kauri. Dry Dimension sees this right at the last moment and manages to like jump in the way. So he takes the bullet for Kauri. So he's down. Like he's not dead, but he is out of commission. But this gives the Jetman the opportunity to summon Jet Striker and just shoot it at the Grinom Soldiers and Tran, who managed to teleport away at like the last second. Yeah, I had a quick question about that. What happens to the shot that Jet Striker shot? It like, just like, it didn't hit Tran in the Grinom Soldiers because they teleport out first. So, like, that bullet hit something. I don't know, but whatever that something is had a bad day. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like, <laughs> it's a giant flaming bird. Maybe it is sentient and just, like, flies away and has its, like has a nice dude, afternoon be... off. That's super cool. I hope that that giant flaming bird is sentient. That's totally red. Um oh, man. Everything else seems so, to be sentient in these shows. Sure. Why not, man? Uh, okay. So we go to Sky Camp. Where everyone is sitting around eating watermelon and wearing like kimonos as though they are at a slumber he- party. My assumption was that there's like that the release of this episode has to have coincided with like some sort of holiday some sort of watermelon centric holiday. Yeah, maybe it's like a summer festival when like the watermelon, you know, like and you eat watermelon because that's when it's ripe and you wear like, you know, like traditional yeah, garb. No, I mean that would I don't make know sense, if it's right? true, but it makes sense. Yeah, sure. And so <laughs> they're eating watermelon and the chief runs in super excited and she says, "Hey, Guys, we got a letter from Dryer Dimension. And so Ryu's like, oh, yeah, yeah, hand it over. I'll read the letter for everyone. And Dryer Dimension says, oh, I am now an apprentice at a small barber shop in like a rural village. And we cut to this small barber shop where Dryer Dimension is just like wearing an apron and sweeping up the hair around the barber shop. It is great. And like, I continue to be amazed cuz like everyone is just super chill about it. Like nobody seems to care that he is like an extra dimensional sentient hair-, hair dryer person. Um, They're just all really impressed with his intuitive take on hair cutting Which and combing. Which is wonderful because he is, you know, he is using his giant hairbrush hand to brush hair. But, like, it's not actually a hairbrush. It's a big foam hand with, like, a bunch of, like, tentacle things coming out of it, roughly approximating a hairbrush. that he's just rubbing on this guy's head. <laughs> and- and the master barber comes over and he's like checking out his work. He's like, wow, you look like you have three years cutting experience and eight years of combing experience, which is an awfully specific evaluation, oh, I feel. Incredibly specific. <laughs> and, but Dry Dimension is very gratified. He's like, whoa, three years cutting, eight years. Yeah. And he like is working on this kid's hair. And then he's like, okay, you're done. And the kid goes up and dryer dimension goes to bow to him. But because he's a hairdryer, like the front of his head sticks out real far. And he like headbutts the kid accidentally. And he's like super apologetic. And the kid's like, ah, my head. But I guess it's okay. And we get a little. No, and no that's, it, it. that's not it. We get a little bit of um like narration at the end of the episode. And it says it looks like oh, the jet right. have set dryer dimension <laughs> on the right path. If you see him out there, please say hello. That's... <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Uh, yeah, and then that's the end of the episode. So Dryer Dimension just lives happily as a rural barber. Just chillin'. Just so chillin', Dave, man. What is your high point of the episode? Dude, uh, okay, so my high point of the episode, and I'm actually going to go back to last season a little bit, is that I think in this episode, we see the foreshadow of what will eventually become the greatest episode of Super Sentai I've ever seen. Of course, I'm talking about Farewell to the Three Stooges. It's a proto-Three Stooges. Sort of proto Stooges episode. Right, like, we've got a monster uh you know he is in conflict with the jet men. something sort of happens he's betrayed by his bosses and realizes in that moment like kind of nobility of the super sentai team and then they sort of turn around and become not just grudging allies but kind of genuine uh friends yeah it's and so that, that's my high point of the episode, man. First of all, I, I thought it was a fun, it was a cool take, I really liked, you know, it was a great episode, and frankly, anything that brings to mind Farewell the Three Stooges uh, you know, gets a stamp of approval in oh, my book. How about you, man? High point for this um, episode? I mean, that's kind of it, but on top of that, it's, it is a genuinely funny episode. Like, the yeah. jokes work, uh, the adorable puppy is, I cannot stress this enough. Super adorable. Super cute. Um the bits with the Grinham soldiers really work. It's fun to get like a it's fun to have them as characters and not just like thugs. Um like all the yeah. stuff with Tran and the other uh commanders like trying to figure out what this guy's deal is. Like it's just a great episode. <laughs> I did I did really like Tran sort of trying to nonchalantly pass off this monster. So, what is your low point? Man, low point? I think my low point is probably, like, the baseball Grinom Soldiers, just because it's not connected to anything else in the episode. Yeah, but remember how much like, we it just, loved uh, the it, baseball Cotopoteros. Yeah, for some reason, well, because it was a baseball game, and that's what the... Three Stooges did. Like, that was their whole shtick, is that they challenged the Die Rangers to, like, sporting competitions. That's true. That's not Drier Dimensions' thing. I will accept that that is your low point, but I liked it. Like, listen, man, I'm kind of reaching. I just felt like maybe they could have done something else with it. They could have been, like, evil barbers or something. I don't know. Uh, How about you, man? You got a low point Um, for this episode? I don't know. How about... The uh the the Grinom soldiers perfect on Akko. That's all that's all that's a good standby low point. Yeah, that's always a weird moment, but uh like. anyway, that's it. Loved this episode. This is we are in the <laughs> midst of a really good stretch of episodes right now. Yeah, really. Like they've all been kind of hitting it out of the park. Time space mammoth. Yeah, dude, like the, uh, honestly, ever since the introduction of, um, the back dimension soldiers, like, it has been gold ever since then, which is great because, honestly, like, some of the earlier episodes of Jetman I like, but they're not all super great. Um, uh-huh. I'm really glad I've uh-huh. started to really hit a stride on these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only problem is that, like, uh, on our end, at least, when it's just a genuinely really good episode, I find it a little harder to goof on. Well, that is true. But, uh, yeah, we make do. I, I think we do okay. <laughs> I, hope, I hope we do. Uh, yeah, so I think that's it for us, right? Yep, that is going to do it for another episode of The Jetman with a Golden Gun. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all, you can email the show at super sentai Brothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or get in touch with us on Twitter, we are at Super Sentai Bros. If you like the show, and I hope that you do, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe. That's what's going to help new people find the show. If you are one of the people who have done that, I thank you sincerely. Uh, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. We'll see you next week.